And welcome back. George Laurie with you. Anthony Hamilton with us in your calls. Anthony, is there some higher power that gets involved in this, or is it all us that makes these things happen? Well, I think the higher power is us, or at least it's somehow connected to us. Uh, we certainly have different levels of consciousness. And, um, you know, Carl Jung talked about, uh, you know, the student of uh, Freud. He, he talked over 120 years ago of your future self. He said, when you get an intuition or you get a feeling that something is your destiny in the future, he said, it's really your future self trying to manifest in your present. So this idea of having a future self and a past self and a present self, of course, the present self is physical. You know, my body's physical. Sure. But my future self is the part of me that's living my future life. Likewise, the past self, you know, my 10-year-old past self, he's the part of me that was living when I was 10 years old and had that dream. So now all of these are connected. All of these parts of me are connected. And I can, in, in a sense, I can, I can see or I can experience all of these at the same time. So that's definitely a, a higher level of consciousness, I think. What is it about the age of 10 or 11 that does these things? Because at that age, I wanted to be a broadcaster. Exactly. You know, so you can write a book about how your dreams came true, George. I think I did. Um, (laughs) I think you did, too. Uh, Yeah, it's funny, you know, I was watching something on YouTube. I can't remember who it was now, but it caught my attention. But there's a a well-established concept of what they call the 10-year-old epiphany, right? Mm -hmm. So many people say that when they're around the age of 10, they get this epiphany about uh, their future self, you know? Let's take some calls. Let's go to Diane in Los Angeles, first-time caller. Hello, Diane. George, I just love you. I listen every single night. Well, thank you so much. I just had to call in. Perfect. Anthony. Thank you. You are a man after my own heart. Wait till I tell you what happened to me, and it's so similar to what you were saying. Thanks. I I had my daughter, and I wasn't working. I was a medical office consultant without a job, and I went to a course at Santa Monica College that was called Creative Visualization. And every week, and this is the early 80s, and every week we'd go into class and we'd all put our hands up to the sky and we would meditate and we would literally see what it was that we were sending this energy out and over into the air and getting to where it needed to get to. So my mantra was, at this very moment, there is a physician that needs my expertise consulting you know, um, knowledge. And so we did that for 10 weeks, right? So two weeks after that, I had walked into a lamp store on Melrose, and there sitting on a stool was David Viscott, who was about to open his psychiatric institute. I walked right up to him, and I said, I heard you're going to be opening an institute with five psychiatrists. I'm going to be the one that's going to pull that business together for you. I mean, I never would have done that in a million years, but there he was. It was like it was answered. So Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I did, and it was a very big success and, you know, blah, blah. But I also have another story because you had mentioned something else about 
being a young child and knowing what you want to do. When I was 14, I was madly in love with this boy. And he came over with all of his albums, and we sat on the floor, and we played one album after the other after the other. Well, all these years later, like 50-some years later, I had a chance to see him, and I had a chance to ask him, what, what made you, how did you know? Because he wound up being a very well-known, matter of fact, he won two or three Grammys for being one of the best music producers. And so I said, what made you, how did you know what you were going to do? I said, I have in my diary, I asked you, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to be in music. And I said, well, what? You want to play an instrument? You want to sing? He said, no, I don't know. I just know I have to be in music. Wow. So there are two of your examples that I've had. So I'm so glad you're there telling everybody else that this is so possible. And I have another short story. I had put together during COVID, three gals came over. We sat, we were in the backyard. I had some candles. Each one had a color and a meaning. One of them picked up the one that was red that said she was looking for love. We all, I taught them how to put it up to the sky and open your arms. Anyways, here we are two years later. She reconnected with a boyfriend from 50 years ago. So we've got believers. They're out Absolutely. There. Well, you know, this, this to me is the 21st century psychology that I talk about in my book. As I mentioned a few minutes ago when I was talking to George, the psychology that most of us learn as we're growing up and we think this is the way our mind works is based on a theory of physics from the 17th century based on billiard balls hitting each other. What we now know is that the future, our future, creates our present against the backdrop of our past. So we have a past, but the past doesn't shape us. It's just the background. And it's our dreams and our goals and our visions for our future that have more influence in our lives. I love that. Let's go to John in Wisconsin. Hey, John, welcome. Hello, George. Hello, Anthony. I have several quick comments, but foremost, I want to give a shout out to Tommy Danheiser. Tommy, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, we miss you. Uh, look forward to having you back next week. You know, Tommy is a key ingredient of Coast to Coast, but more importantly, he's a good man. Well Anthony, said, Anthony, I want to share something with you. Uh, you and I have very similar backgrounds. And when I was 10 or 11, I had a dream that I was going to be a pastor or a minister or some role helping people with their faith. Well, like you, I also bombed out in high school. I think I had the lowest grade point average you could have and still get a diploma. Um, you and me I was both. A two pack a day smoker, uh, hung out with the pot smokers, the beer drinkers. Well, a couple of years later, I straightened my life out and got involved in hotel management, which I was not very good at. Spent 10 years doing that. I was miserable. I wasn't any good at it. Then I transitioned into food service sales, which I was very good at. And I'm going to finish that story, Anthony, after I share this with you. I believe the most successful people that are the easiest to communicate with, that can help others the most, and are just all around good people are, are like you who've had setbacks. You got knocked on your butt. You learned how to get back up. And you, you made something out of it. I think part of the problem we have in business and politics in religion, is there's, there's people that go to high school, they're very successful. They get their advanced degrees, they're very successful. 
but they've never had anything in their life that taught them how to get back up after they fell down, so everything is theory. Anthony, you wanted to be a college professor. Every college and university in this country would benefit by having somebody like you come in and teach common sense wisdom to these students that don't get it out of a textbook. They should not require you have an advanced degree. They should just bless their students with your wisdom. So my point is, God bless you for sharing what you're sharing. Now I'll finish my story. After um, so much, John. I really 30 appreciate years that. in food service sales, I lost my eyesight, and that was four years ago at age 62. So my dream of 50 years ago came true, actually more than 50 years ago. I am now ministering. I'm ministering to others at my church, in my neighborhood, on the farm I live on. What can I do to help you understand what life can benefit you and how you can benefit others through wisdom and common sense? So, Anthony, I just want to thank you again for your sharing your story. And I want to encourage everybody out there, all the great Coast to Coast listeners, that if you've had setbacks, that's God's way of telling you he can use you to help heal other people. Gentlemen, those are my comments, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you, John. Thanks, Thanks so much, John. So John is now living the life that he dreamed of. Yes. As he says, 10 or 12 years old. Is it a miracle? It's the way human beings work. This is what it means to be a human. We create our thoughts if we simply hang on to them, work towards them, and if we believe in them. And, of course, this is the problem that most of us or many of us lose, lose the belief in our dreams. I certainly did for about 10 years, and John said the same thing. Next up, let's go to Cornelius in Louisiana. Hello there, Corny. <laughs> there you go, George. And John, I John, I just can't tell you. And George, I don't know why you picked me to go after John. Uh, Anthony, they call me the God Guns and Gold Man, the Bible Bullets and Beans Man. And I faced a lot of adversity. George knows, and the Coast to Coast audience knows. And we're praying for Tommy D, too. Tommy's the best. Um, I was raped as a child, and God told me in that still, small voice, son, I want you to be a preacher, a pastor. I want you to go out there and save souls. But in my own mind, I said, I want to be a police officer. I want to go after the evil in the world and stuff like that. And then I, I became a prison guard. And I faced some racism and stuff like that, and I ended up losing my job. They said I threatened to kill the warden at work. So from the rapist to this racist that I've been dealing with for a long time in my life, and George knows this and Tommy does, uh, two years ago, after my, well, a year after my dad died in 2021, my sugar level was in the thousands, and the doctor told me I should have died. But because Tommy and George told me, because they knew something was wrong with me. They said, Mr. White, you better go to the hospital. We're going to come down there and get you and get you into the hospital. So if Tommy and George hadn't told me to call, because they said I was within hours of dying. And so, like I said, I heard that still, small voice, and I believe in God and stuff. And like I said, going behind John and his story about going blind and being a pastor, and essentially that's what I'm trying to do. George, I hope you'll have me on with the Satanists. i got to take him on. That's tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night. 
George also knows that I've been dealing with a satanic attack and a devilish of depression and stuff where Satan wants me to commit suicide. But because of this praying audience of Coast to Coast AM, you just don't know. And like I said, since my dad's been gone almost three years and my mom this month would be 11, I mean, uh, eight years, the Coast to Coast audience has been my family now, and George knows about family. I can't wait to give a Thanksgiving story next week when you have Thanksgiving. And, George, I felt you when you were talking about your dad last week on Veterans Day, and Daniel Brinkley contacted me today about our situation here at the Alexandria VA. So I want to thank you, George and Anthony, and God bless all the Coast to Coast listeners and callers. Thank you so much, George. Thank you, Cornelius. It's powerful stuff, doesn't it, Anthony? Thanks, Cornelius. Very powerful stuff. Really? Amazing. You know, it's funny. The uh, French word for wound is blessé. Blessé. Blessé, which is the origin of the English word blessing. So, you know, what we call our blessings are really our wounds that we've learned how to heal. I think that's a profound idea. Absolutely. Let's go. Both John, John and Cornelius said, said similar things, you know, that, that the way we finally achieve the uh, positive results in our lives that we want is by dealing with the negative stuff and getting back up and carrying on. Rocky did that in one of his movies, too. I was just going to say, it sounds like Rocky. <laughs> get, it's not how hard you get hit, it's how you get up. Exactly. Exactly right. Steve in Albany, New York. Hey, Stephen, go ahead. Hi, George. You just mentioned Thanksgiving. You know the want to know the first thing I said when, uh, yeah, the first thing I said on my first Thanksgiving? What was that? I was born on Thanksgiving. You mean people are stuck? People are stuck in a cab listening to you do that all the time. Oh yeah. Oh boy. I don't. I don't drive taxi any longer. I love you. Oh, you don't? No, I, I I deliver for DoorDash. Oh, you can do Uber, too, and Lyft. No, I can't. <laughs> they don't want me. Anyways, go ahead, Stephen. Okay, I want to I wanna, uh, thank your uh, speaker for inspiring me. I've been having dreams lately of uh, going into a stream and finding gold. I'm about to go prospecting, and if I can find it, uh, I have this man to thank for him, uh, you know, reassuring me in my endeavors. Well, don't forget who gave you the idea. I'll buy your book. <laughs> hey, uh, one other thing I wanted to, I wanted to say before we go. Yeah. Um, in your last in your last uh, uh, guy who was talking, your last uh, guest, he said that uh, there's a, a UFO crash retrieval team. Think about that. I know. There has, that's the government saying that they are UFOs because you don't have a UFO recording a recovery team unless you have UFOs. That's right. So the government is actually admitting that there are UFOs. I'm not sure they're admitting they have a crash retrieval team. That's what he picked up from his sources. But uh, you're right, Stephen, to be sure. Anthony, what's your next project? Next project. Well, I I um I think I mentioned one time I have a one man play, 
It's called uh, Confessions of a Time Traveler. You, you mentioned that. That's right. Yeah, and I've, so I've done that one-man play in several different cities. I'm planning to do it in the U.K. next year. How long does it last? It's about uh, one hour. That's pretty intense. It is intense. It's basically my life story, you know, uh, everything that we've talked about on on uh, Coast to Coast. But so my current project is to turn that into a movie. And so if any of your listeners have any ideas or want to produce a movie about being a time traveler, uh, you know, they can contact me. But that's my current project. As a matter of fact, I have a, I have a meeting tomorrow set up with a producer uh, to talk about uh, getting that thing rolling. So uh, So that's exciting. Good for you. And uh, what are the possibilities of turning the ABC of making your dreams come true, a movie or a documentary? Well, that's the idea, you know, to make a documentary of uh, my story, right? Having, you know, as a kid, having this dream and then finally figuring it out and and finally healing my own wounds, you know, because uh, I mentioned that what happened after I failed out of high school uh, I really lost my self-image, self-esteem, self-confidence, you know, and it took me about 15 or 20 years to get it back. As a matter of fact, I'm still getting it back. You've got a so podcast. How do people hear it? Yeah, they can, if they go to my website, uh, mindtimeandpower.com, there's links there to my YouTube site, and that's the easiest way to um, register and listen to my uh, podcast because it's all on YouTube now. And your website, just uh, yell out the uh, URL. Yeah, it's uh, mindtimeandpower.com. We're going to come back in just a moment with Anthony Hamilton and take final phone calls. Those of you on hold, we'll do our best to get you all. Uh, some of you have been on hold for quite a while. We will get you. And again, his website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. He's got a lot of books out there, and they're all listed on his website as well. And in a moment, I'll tell you what uh, is in store on tomorrow's Coast to Coast program. So make sure you're part of it. And uh, don't forget to uh, sign up at ParanormalDate.com if you want to meet people who think like you. And welcome back to our final segment with Anthony Hamilton and your calls as we talk about the, the wonderful things he has come up with and the power of the mind. Do you think this event, if it didn't happen when you were 10, Anthony, would have changed your life the way it's changed it? If I hadn't had that dream? Yeah. I can hardly imagine, you know, because that dream is arguably the most important event of my entire life. So if I hadn't had that dream, uh, I don't know what would have happened. But you did. I did, and I'm still living the dream now. You know, it's still coming true. As a matter of fact, uh, part of what I saw in that dream was that I was going to do a one-man play. Uh, and it took me 50 years, I think, before I actually did one. I love but, it. But, uh, you know, it's amazing the little bits and pieces of that dream that still keeps showing up in my life. And you're doing podcasts now too, right? Yeah, we have a weekly uh, live Q&A session that I do. Anybody can join. I mean, there's a link to it on my website. They can become a part of that online community. And so those are uh, live Q&A sessions for anybody who has questions about my, my books. And they're all recorded, and uh, they're up on YouTube. All right, well, let's join that community, and they can uh, join our live calls if they want. Let's go to the phones for you, Gordon in Florida, to get us started. Hey, Gordy, go ahead. Hey, a long time no see. George Anthony, thanks for taking my call. Famous um, Tommy, I hope you get well. 
Jeremiah, you're doing a good job. And Cornelius White, man, I want to thank you for giving me a shout-out on numberifications. Okay, getting right on keep keep it on track. Listen, you were talking about where memory is stored. I would like to get your opinion on my thoughts that memory is stored in the spirit and the soul, not in the actual brain, although maybe a little bit can, because the person has an out-of-body experience, and they still remember stuff. And, and I want to find out how that can be used. I have a lot of accurate dreams. How can that be used to find the right girl? And if you could give Cornelius' wife's name out, I'm, would it be all right that I'm Gordon Wayne Watts, that maybe that girl, maybe my buddy Samantha up in Georgia hears me and gets the, the notion to Facebook me or something? Join ParanormalDate.com, Gordy. You never know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I agree with you, Gordon. I think that uh, that memories are stored somewhere in our soul or in our consciousness, you know, uh, however you describe it. You see, the problem is we don't have words to describe really what we are, you know. Even the word thought, thinking, uh, what is a thought? You know, people don't know. So um, these words are very inadequate for the kind of experience that we have as human beings on the, on the earth here, creating things uh, with our with our dreams and our and our ideas. So yeah, I I agree with you, Gordon. The uh, the dreams aren't localized in the brain. I think they're in some sort of field of of time that we can call our spirit, our essence, our soul. Who knows? Brendan's with us in Austin, Texas. Hey, Brendan, go ahead. Thank you, George and Anthony. Thanks for holding. Uh, No problem. I'll try to be quick so we can get other people on. I'll be quick. Uh, Maybe tomorrow with the Border Patrol guy, if you feel like it, ask about the 380 pages and 10 videos of UAP that they released last month. Because nobody's talked about that, almost hardly at all, except for George Natbury. A tiny bit, but when I was ten, be an ambassador or a diplomat. But uh, people with ET or paranormal encounters have reported missing time. Today, with the Art Bell Vault, I love Wednesdays because we get the new episode. He had the remote viewing episode where Bonnie Crystal, in the first hour, she's a cave explorer, like a very experienced person, talked about how her and another person had an hour of missing time while driving through the desert talking to Art Bell live on radio. So they literally had missing time live on radio. And David Paulides, missing 411, people, including children, have missing time. They're missing for days. And then they just show up. They don't remember anything. They're not hungry. So what are your thoughts on missing time? Has anybody come to you for that? And your visualization technique that I'm asking these questions about, can it create false memories? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, false memories, I mean, what is a false memory versus a real memory? You know, we all believe things that aren't necessarily true, right? We can misinterpret things. Um, the way that I understand it now, in my book, Mind, Time, and Power, I have what I call a map of inner space-time, which I'm very proud of because it gives us a way to understand what thinking is. As I said in the last segment when I was talking to uh, George and Steve, I think, uh, you know, we we don't know what what a thought is when we when we say thinking, you know, change your thoughts, change your life, you know, change your attitude. What is that? Well, in my book, Mind, Time and Power, I have a diagram that I worked up, which gives me a visual representation of what a memory is, what a goal is. What a, what, what a uh, parallel reality is, because we have parallel pasts 
and parallel realities as well. You know, we can remember a past that happened as well as a past that didn't happen. And lots of times we get confused. We, we lose track of what's real and what isn't real. So, um, I mean, we've all had the experience, or at least a lot of us have had the experience of, of losing memories or losing time when, you know, when we've partied a little bit too long. Uh, so, yeah, we have, we have um, you know, eight hours a day generally that we sleep that we can't remember what goes on. And yet our mind is fully active when we're sleeping. So lost time is just, it's just one of those things that we have to admit we all experience. Let's go to Yolanda, listening on probably KSCO in Santa Cruz, California. Right, Yolanda? Yes, thank you for call, um, take, taking my call, George. This is the first time listening for sure. But thank you, Anthony, for giving me the ability to um, think about this question, the question is, when did you first start being attracted to Asians? Second, do you think that subconsciously we have subconscious goals? And people who hit their destiny typically are because they are more goal-orientated. My son is just, I think he's turning 42 right now, and he keeps telling me, Mom, 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 how come this? How come that? And I don't know how to answer him, but thank you for helping me, giving me the answer. I think because he personally is a very strong goal-orientated person. He actually writes his goals down. But he said, I'm a realtor now, Mom. I, out of everything I've done, I'm a realtor now for six years. And he goes, one of his childhood friends said, of course you are. You said when you were 10. That <laughs> There's you that age again. Realtor. You were going to be a realtor. So this is all exciting for me. Thank you for, um, I'm glad I took a nap and then I woke up and now I'm awake. Well, I'm glad you did too, Yolanda. Thank you so much, Yolanda. There's that 10-year-old age again, Anthony. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I was doing some work one time with a guy named uh, William, right? He was from uh, Columbia. And uh, I was working with his accent because I'm a linguist. So I was helping him improve his, his English pronunciation, right? And so I was working with him for a few weeks, and he said, well, what else do you do besides, you know, I know you're helping me with, with my pronunciation, but what else do you do, you know? And I said, well, I'm an author, and I've written some books, and I do workshops and things uh, on the power of the mind, right? And he said, well, what do you, you know, what do you mean? I said, well, I believe, well, you know, I've come to believe over the years that, most important things, if not all important things that happen to us in our lives, they happen because we've made a decision about something in the past that we've forgotten about. Simply like that. So, and, and he started to cry. And I said, William, what, what's going on? He, he, he said, I just remembered when you mentioned that. He said, when I was growing up in Colombia, because Colombia is a dangerous place, right? Oh, yeah. When I was a teenager, I decided that when I got older, if I was successful enough, I was going to move with my family to Canada. And I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned it. I love that. Let's go to Joe, Long Island, New York. Joseph, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, uh, Anthony? I want to ask you first about dreams and then about goals. But on the dreams, they say... 
sometimes a stranger represents where you have a common element with the stranger for better or worse in the dream. But also, uh, say, for example, in ancient Rome, they speculate the fall of Rome was due to the lead in the cups. And say someone was a dreamer in Rome and they were dreaming about these lead cups, that would would not have been common knowledge or in the common vernacular that it was lead that was poisoning people. Uh, Maybe there were some people that knew it. So that would be something where even if you're getting something on yourself or or that's not really known, you know, that's a sign that, this information is coming from somewhere out of the normal circles. And then on the goals, you were mentioning Michael Jordan as an example, that spark. But do we have many sparks uh, towards a goal? At the same time, do people keep doubling down on something they should give up on? And then sometimes should we aim a little higher or should we aim in a different direction? Yeah, absolutely. All those all those are great Great questions. Um, what um, if you you know you've seen that picture of the iceberg, right? You know, there's a little bit above the water, and then there's the water level, and then most of the it's all underneath below, right? Yeah. So I think that's you know that's a good way of understanding our subconscious because most of our thinking is in the subconscious. So the dreams, the visions, a lot of the feelings, the intuitions, information from our past self information from our future self it's all in the subconscious so learning to visualize learning to relax and breathe and meditate is one way of getting into that subconscious area because we're trained from the time that we're two or three years old certainly by the time we go to school we're 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 trained to use that little part of our mind that's conscious and what, what happens when we focus using the conscious mind, we block out most of the feelings and emotions and intuitions we have in our subconscious. But one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever heard is that line by Joseph Campbell, who says, follow your bliss. In other words, if something strikes you as positive, if something stirs your emotions, I would say, follow that path. And let it and never turn never turn back, right? Absolutely, absolutely, George. Joe in Monterey, California. Joseph, go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, George. Sure, Joe. And another shout out for Tam, uh, for Tom. Yes, Tom, we miss you. But if you wanted a vacation, you just could ask George. You don't have to get sick. Okay. Humbug. Um, there's a, a technique in silver mind control. Uh, it's the it's the the screen of your mind, and then you could move forward in time like a clock, like a device. Absolutely. Did you, did you well, the ever? Thing, the thing the thing that I learned, Joe, is that the screen of your mind is like the screen of your TV. You know, the information on the screen is not coming from the TV. It's coming from the some, from some studio somewhere else. That's either coming through the Wi-Fi or through a cable that's attached to the back of your. TV, right? Yep. So I think it's the same in the mind. You close your eyes, you have a picture, but the information is coming from someplace else. It's either coming from some past reality, some future reality. And, of course, we all experience a whole range of parallel realities, and all of that information is available to us through that pipeline 
of our imagination. So we think of the imagination as a screen, but what I've learned is that the imagination is a connection. Anthony, where does God come into the picture here? God? Yeah, that's a good question, George. You know, um, there's a part of our mind that was discovered in the mid-60s by a doctor in, uh, in the States called Richard Sperry, or Roger Sperry, I think. And he was doing work on split-brain patients. He actually won the uh, Nobel Prize for this. And one of the things he discovered was a part of the mind called the explainer. It's, it's, a, it's a part of the mind that invents stories to tie together the information from our right brain and our left brain. You know, the left brain is verbal, logical, that sort of thing. The right brain is more intuitive and, and illogical and, yeah. and artistic, you know. So I think that God ultimately is an explanation. There's something obviously going on. I mean, time and the mind, it's a big question. But the way that each of us interprets that is up to us. But, of course, culturally, we're taught about God. So I, so I definitely believe that there's something other than us. It's a bigger part of us that connects all of us, you know, the universal mind, the cosmic consciousness, you might call it that. So God is one of the stories that we use to explain what it means to be a human being. Keep in touch with us, Anthony, when your next works are done, and good luck on uh, the movie. For Dan Galanti, Jeremiah Harris, Tom Danheiser, Get Better Tommy, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDesour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Banal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.